Hey, Andy, how'd you become a stylist assistant? Oh, Marcus, let me tell you a story. Hey, y'all, welcome back to The Miseducation of Styling, a show that explains the ins and outs of some of the hardest truths of working in fashion. My name is Andy. And my name is Marcus. And and we're we're your hosts of this fabulous fabulous show. show. We're going to tell you about our experience in this crazy industry and open up the door to honest conversations about what it really means to be in the fashion industry. Today on this episode, we will be talking all about getting into assisting. Be sure to stay tuned for all the juicy tea. Ooh, tea. You already know. So Andy, last time we talked a little bit about assisting and I feel like assisting is kind of the foundation of the whole like styling thing. Definitely. So what I think we should talk about this week is like, let's get a little more in depth into that. So boom, scenario, right? A stylist reaches out to you and it's just like, I have a gig coming up. I need you on set. What are you expecting? Ooh, is this my first job ever? This is your first gig. Okay. So my first styling assistant ever, what do I, what do I expect? Um, well, what I need to know right off the bat is girl, I need to show up comfortable. First and foremost, you need to show up Mm -hmm. comfortable and ready to work. Um, I want to say that on my first shoot ever, I had no idea what I was doing, right? So it's just about following direction is like the most important thing. If they say show up at this time, show up five minutes early. If they say I need you over here, you should already be over there. You should be following them, you know, like... I think it's really just about paying attention to what your stylist needs right off the bat because it's always going to be different. Um, but what about you? Would do you have any first style assistant um, advice right off the bat? I think 100% being aware when you get there that, first of all, it's like not about you. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Because there's going to be so many moving parts and so many people and so many other jobs going on at the same time. So you kind of need to be aware of where you can put yourself. The thing about being a style assistant is it's kind of about staying one step ahead of whoever you're working with because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're thinking about a million things and probably a couple different shoots, right? So all you have to focus on that day is accomplishing that one task, you know, and there's going to be a bunch of different things that are going to be happening and you need to learn how to like prioritize. Definitely. Um, I think exactly what you said before in terms of how you show up to dress and such, you do not want to pull up in your brand new, really anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think your brand new anything, like your brand new Prada boots, your brand, brand new... Uh, this is not the time to this dress is not to the time. This is not the time to dress to impress. It's the time to dress to work because you're going to be on the floor. You're, you might end up uh, on a ladder of some sort. You, you are going to end up in like different situations. God forbid you're on location. Mm-hmm. No, like bring the things that you need uh and just be aware of what you may end up having to do because every job is a little bit different in that sense also i'm thinking like something you said just made me think of the first time i think i was ever assisting i don't think i was on set you know what i mean like i think i got there and like they sent me straight to do like drop-offs and returns and like so i feel like having that mindset that you might not be on set that's okay because at the end of the day you're still helping with this project you know and like you have to be okay with that because i've worked with so many style assistants that are just like i'm here to be on set i'm here to do the steaming i'm here to do that well honey you're here to do whatever they need you to do and that's tea well you know i think that leads into this idea of like professionalism right Mm. i think what happens with a lot of people when they start i think all of us could be accused of this is you come on and you have this expectation to do this specific job that you think is the most important, is the best use of your skills, is mm-hmm. the thing that is needed. But you also need to be able to be like, all right, I'm going to come on today and I'm going to do what this person asks of me and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability mm-hmm. every single time. I think I think that's like a huge thing when it comes to just being professional. Like when people see that you're, you know, you're willing to take off from set, go all the way across town to pick up another dress that they need mm-hmm. at like, I don't know, 4.30 mm-hmm. and it's noon right now and get it back at 4.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it says so much about you as a person and, you know, your work ethic. Um, Definitely. Because I think it's just like one of the biggest things and you, it's one of the biggest things you can provide. Yeah. No, I, I want to say there's been so many times and I like this goes back to mindset is like where I am sent to go get coffee for the beginning of the shoot. Okay. Here I'm going to get coffee. I have coffee for like 16 people, literally. And I'm walking through the streets. I get back. And I remember one situation specifically where I get there and the lady's like, this isn't what I ordered. And I'm like, this is exactly what you ordered. But how am I 
I going to argue with a producer? You know what I mean? So I walked my eight blocks back in the summer of New York City, dripping sweat <laughs> at eight in the morning. And I went and grabbed her for coffee and I came back and I had to give a smile because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they notice what I did. It's they, it's the lasting impression that I leave, you know? And I think with styling assistants, your first impression is your last impression because right 100%. off the bat, I can see your attitude. I can see your go getting and I can see if you're going to be valuable to me as a stylist. So I feel like as a style assistant, you really want to make sure that you are prepared for anything because mm-hmm. if they're telling you that they need help eating their sandwich and they just need your hand to literally eat that sandwich so that they can do whatever they need. (laughs) Honey, you better hold your hand real nice and still because uh, at the end of the day, it is just about everybody coming together to make sure that we all create something amazing. And sometimes we're not prepared for what that means. Yeah. You're not always doing the fun job, right? Like, I mean, it, it, it was a while before you know, people that I started working with even started letting me like touch the clothes or like, you know, put looks. That's, that's the thing. Everybody comes on and they're just like, I'm going to come on and I'm going to turn these Mm -hmm. looks out. That's not your job that day. No, no one's paying you for your opinion. No. And it's like, and it's not that you don't have great ideas. Mm -hmm. You might have the best ideas. The way that you might do this, you could be wildly different. But I think the thing is, it's like, there's still like a, a system put in place so that things don't get all chaotic and crazy. It's like, mm-hmm. that's why there are assistants, you know, one, two, and three. Definitely. Um, and you kind of need to, you need to educate yourself on that and understand that that is a thing within this industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, that goes back to the professionalism. It's not about this like weird idea of like knowing your place. No, mm-hmm. it is not about that at all. It is about keeping the system in a certain order so that everybody can kind of get what they need to get done in the timely mm-hmm. manner that they need to get it done in, you know? Cause nobody wants to be there all day. No, nobody wants to be there all day. And the reality is the first assistant is going to be there till closing essentially. Mm-hmm. So if your first assistant tells you to do something, you do it. It's not just listening to your style boss. It is listening to everybody that's there to make the project happen. And quite frankly, they know what they're doing. They're first assistant for a reason. And I think that's so interesting too, because like when I first started, I was an intern, right? Not even an assistant. So I'm not getting paid and I'm definitely not getting paid for my opinion. So I'm running around New York City and doing whatever I'm asked to do and just showing up every single day, literally prepared for whatever, because there have been days where I get to walk this rack 16 blocks all the way to the main or the freight entrance of this hotel because we just decided to walk from 23rd Street or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do this. And my stylist is going to meet us there in a car. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't argue with that. Like, no. this is literally what I signed up for. And I feel like it's, I work with so many style assistants that just don't have it. They don't have the patience. They don't have the, the willingness to step their ego aside and mm-hmm. say like, this is all part of the process. And I feel like that's really it. It's just your mindset and going in and saying like, I may not even be recognized for what I'm doing, but at the end of the day, I'm here to kick ass. Mm-hmm. End of story. Being a style assistant, I'm going to say this twice, is not for the faint of heart. I repeat. Being a stylist assistant is not for the faint of heart. Not at all. Like, you will end up in... So- I once carried a a dress, a very, very expensive designer dress, over over a river, oh my God. barefoot, oh my God. and handed it off to this model. And like, let's not even, let's not even, let's not even uh, detract from what the model was doing at that point, because she's just standing on this like rock in the middle of a river. The shot's beautiful. The shot was great. But you have to, you have to know that at certain points, you might end up having to do something like that. And, you know, that was definitely towards like, you know, later years in assisting. But I'm just saying like, to get to this point where somebody is even like allowing you to do something like that, like allowing you to kind of, because let's trust, it was also fun. But at that point in my assistant career, I was also, you know, you know, I was being allowed to go and like do pulls for the stylist that I was mm-hmm. working for because they already trusted my taste. I think that's a thing that also needs to kind of be like said, you putting in that earlier work that we were talking about, like grabbing those coffees, uh, grabbing those garments from like this place. With a great attitude. Mm-hmm. With a great attitude and a great mindset and great professionalism. That's going to set you up to be able to do things later where your stylist is going to be like, uh, more responsibility. More responsibility. Where they're going to be like, I'm in London and I need you to pull every single look for this shoe mm-hmm. and get it to wherever it, it, it needs to go. Because here's the thing. That's what you're going to be doing as a stylist anyways. Mm-hmm. It's just that you might be on your own doing it. It's mm-hmm. kind of just like, you know, all of that is sort of like the prep work to teach you how to do it later on. Like that's the thing about assisting that I think a lot of people don't necessarily see or understand. 
it really is you setting yourself up later to understand how to do everything because it's the one place totally. in the industry that you can kind of put yourself where you can sort of pivot to every single job, see every mm-hmm. single thing without that, like, you know, that overbearing worry about, okay, what's it going to look like in the end? Like, obviously, you should be thinking about that, but that's kind of more on the stylist. The stylist is the one whose main focus really should be the creative process of the job. If you can prove to a stylist that you can handle every single logistical aspect of something that's going on and, you know, logistics aren't everybody's thing to like certain certain levels but at the same time it's like you know if you can do like the basics of that and do them well and excel in them there's really not a lot of jobs you won't be able to handle no i completely agree i would say that like one thing i didn't realize in the moment of dealing with all the polls and dealing with all the packing up and dealing with all this i'm gonna use all of this you know what i mean so i could be bitching about it Mm because i've been doing it for six to eight hours in a day but at the end of the day here i am on my own as a stylist doing it myself Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna do it and i feel like each assistant job that i've ever worked has always taught me something new and always like put things in perspective of how I keep things organized and how I can like already plan things in my head because as a style assistant, like you said, you need to be one step ahead all the time, constantly thinking about what the stylist is going to need, constantly thinking about even what the stylist isn't thinking about, like Mm -hmm. just to be there to be like, Hey, uh, you may have missed this or Hey, let me hand you this because you're already going to be looking for it. Like these are very valuable and you will not be forgotten in this industry if you can do an efficient job where I do not have to worry at all. Like, you will get the job every time at that point. And I will keep on calling you and I will keep on paying you, you know? So I feel like it really has always been beneficial in every assistant job I've worked. Mind you, have they taken advantage of me? There have been times. And have they underpaid me? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I learned so much from there. And I needed to decide for myself when it was time to step away and say, okay, I've learned everything I can from you. Let me try and learn something from someone else. And I feel like, so with assisting, it's it really is going into it with the best attitude, making sure that you're always prepared, and constantly having that um, r- constant reminder within yourself that what you're doing is valuable. It is so valuable. And that's why it's so important that we can't have somebody that does not care about this doing something so valuable, you know? Well, it's kind of just like, you know, it's like, why does anybody... Why does anyone get in this industry? Like, you really have to, you have to really love fashion, I think, to want to be a stylist. And I honestly think to want to be a stylist assistant, you, you kind of have to love it even more. Yeah. Because you will end up in situations where you're doing things you don't want to do. You will, you know, have like grievances. You will just be like, why, why is, why do I have to do this? Like, when I already have like X, Y, and Z skills. But the truth of the matter is like, you know, there is something to be said about paying your dues. Definitely. Um, there's something to be said about putting in that work beforehand and truth be told i don't know i think it's like probably one of the most uh, being a style assistant is is where you garner some of the most valuable skill sets you can get because like i said before it's like you kind of get to do a little bit of everything definitely and i think too many people tend to get bogged down and people get bogged down in the one job right Mm -hmm. But you don't want to think about it as the one job. You want to think about it as the whole of what you've been doing. Like, cause you know, like the whole thing is your career. Definitely. I think a lot of people are just like, my career doesn't start until I go lead. And I'm just like, no, your career started as soon as you decided that you wanted to do this. Your career started when you said, this is my name and I'm here mm-hmm. and I'm showed up. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I've been in this industry for three years, been on my own for about a year and a half. So half that, that first year and a half, nobody knew my name, but it wasn't my job to like get my name out there as much as it's my job to put my work effort out there because that's how all these stylists came to me and said, Hey, I want you to assist for me because your work has been great with everybody else and you follow direction. And that is my biggest thing with assistance is you need to follow direction. I don't care about your opinion. Like in the moment, I do not care about your opinion. Now, if I'm puzzled and you see that you want to offer me something, maybe like throw something else in the mix, please do so. But at the end of the day, if I'm in the middle of something and you're trying to get my attention for something that does not matter in the moment, honey, you need to read the room. Like seriously read the room and you seriously need to just be ready for what I'm doing and where my brain is, not always where your brain is as a style assistant. Because I feel like I can be really ambitious when I'm assisting, you know? Like I still assist every once in a while and like I love it because I have my own way of doing things. But like I said, I get to see how other people do things. And I also get to like tone those little skills that maybe I don't get to use on when I'm on set because I have assistants doing that. So it's really nice to like be able to like I don't know, relate and humble myself back to where I came from, but also remind myself that everything is so valuable. Mm -hmm. All of this time is so valuable. And the people in this room now, I feel comfortable with talking to at appropriate times. Professionalism people, for real. Um, Well, I think to get into that, 
if you can solve a problem without anybody noticing mm-hmm. that it was ever even a problem, girl, you will get hired on so many things. Because here's the Holy. thing. I know a lot of people think that stylists don't notice stuff like that. They do. Mm-hmm. They really do. Even if they don't congratulate you on it when it happens in the, moment. in the moment or anything like that, don't be looking for like that instant gratification of, oh, I did this thing. Just address the problem because the thing about people, people always notice on set when set is running really smooth. Mm-hmm. No, they, absolutely. they always notice that. Totally. And I think that's the perfect thing is like, I always say to my style assistants, you are here to make my life easier. You are not here to make my life more complicated because the moment that you do, you're no longer valuable. And you, like you just said, you will see how smooth everything runs. And if everything's going smooth, the best style assistants are the ones you do not have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the truth. And I think I said this last time we talked about it, but don't ever ask a Googleable question. Yeah. Google that shit. Like, I promise you, most of what you can find is on Google and YouTube. Oh, she's a godsend. Like, honey. And if you need to ask me a question, do it at the appropriate time. Do it at the appropriate time. Like, if somebody asks you, uh, if somebody's like, okay, I need you to go to three different PR firms, mm-hmm. don't be like, where are they? Yeah, no, don't. don't. Especially not in, like, some place like New York or LA where they're... And don't ask the head stylist that, too. Don't like, ask the head stylist If you're going to ask someone, ask the person who's look overlooking mm-hmm. you. Because the head stylist got a million things going through their head. Like, mm-hmm. they do not need to tell you on the map... How to get around Soho. Like, no, no. You have Google Maps for that. You can literally set up different things. Like, like in your Maps mm-hmm. app to tell you the quickest way to get to all three, Jeez. four, five, however many places you need to go to. And you got a question about the showroom? Call the showroom. Call the showroom. Like, they have people there to answer the phone. And I think this goes into this idea of, like, uh, I, talk, I think about this a lot. Vocabulary, right? And mm-hmm. having the vocabulary to talk about and do certain things. Like... You need to be able to do those things on your own as an assistant before you start trying to do those things on your own as a stylist. I, I think, uh, I think that's one of the most important things to be able to, you know, verbalize and to be able to like talk about how you're going to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. Cause that always makes it, t- production always loves when you already have a plan. Definitely. You come prepared, you're ready. Also, I was thinking and it's like, these are the best opportunities for you to get real real practice and real knowledge when you are going by yourself to these PR rooms and you are making talking to these people themselves even if it's just a quick glimpse that little bit of professionalism mindset and and personality always will help you in the long run Mm -hmm. you know like I know there's been so many PR um, agencies that I've been to with with stylists back in the day and of course you're quiet you know you're paying attention you're leading as you should um, but at the same time you're still seeing these people face to face so when you do go by yourself they already kind of know you and I feel like that's so valuable because all of those connections I was able to take on my own at that point. I just feel like when you're on set and, or no, when you're at PR places, like take these opportunities silently, you know, yeah. like remember to smile, remember that your attitude is everything and people do remember your face. And so when you go in knocking for a favor, you know, you've already kind of made that relationship and you just keep on working with it, you know, and that's how you go from stylist assistant to stylist. I think for me too, uh, to kind of piggyback off of that, one of the biggest things that started happening was, um, when one of the stylists I was working for for a very long time started letting me do all of the editorial PR emails, uh, the thing that started happening that I started noticing too was, you know, I would be doing the emails and then I would like go to pick up or I would call a messenger and I would realize like when I emailed them again about something, they would remember me by name mm-hmm. or I would go in and they would remember me by name. They do. And it's just like they already had the person that I was working for in mind, right? They already knew about that person from them probably doing that mm-hmm. at some point. So for me, that was such a great contact point mm. and jump off point for working with all these people like later on because I'm just like, oh, such and such already knows who I am. So I don't even have to really establish that relationship. It's and they true. already know that like me and the teams that I work for produce great work. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. I mean, no one dreads being in front of the computer for hours and hours just like me, I swear. But at the same time, it's so valuable. All of my relationships are via email, via DMs, via face-to-face interactions. Like... And that's how I maintain them. I don't see these showroom people for months sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, we know each other all through email. If I need anything, they got me. And, like, that's all relationship, which all came from me introducing myself in the beginning. Like, I think about this one showroom, you know, um, or maybe I shouldn't say them by name. But this one <laughs> showroom, um, I actually connected my old stylist with. And they work heavily with like big designers billy porter like or not designers big celebrities billy porter and um jennifer lopez and all these people and i remember my boss getting so excited and i just remember looking back one day it's like 
he never would have found that showroom if I had not connected with him. And I feel like at the end of the day, we both valued from it. We both got something out of it. And I feel like that's led me to have the relationship that I have today, even though in the beginning it was so like me in the back, like me giving the credit to the stylist as I should. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's all been valuable, all of it. And I wouldn't be mad at being on the computer for eight more hours tomorrow, like dealing with it because at the end of the day, I'm making relationships and it's all worth it. I fully agree with that sentiment. Um, should we take a little break? Let's take a little break. All right, Q, we'll be right back. Okay, so we are back from our little break. She was necessary. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about um, building a kit and what that means. And like, what is a kit? Can you tell me, Marcus? Your stylist kit is probably one of the most essential things that you will have from the day you start being a stylist to the day you stop and or die. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not a stylist, you should have these things. Even if you're not a stylist, you should have these things. You know, I'm sure some of our listeners kind of have like an idea of what it is, but you know, it's literally your bag of tricks. It's mm-hmm. your tools and everyone's looks a little bit different. It's, mm-hmm. I, it's actually one of my favorite things to like see mm-hmm. somebody's kit because it can really tell you about like their background, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, for editorial stylists, for instance, I always find it's like safety pins uh very tiny a clamps uh, like in spades mm-hmm. um pasties for the girls Definitely. uh nylon nylons uh maybe different kind of like panties and such your lint roller multiple your lint roller multiple mm-hmm. lint rollers have those on deck i always like to have a small one too because i could just put her in my pocket mm-hmm. so like if i just am running around in a multiple place set then i love to have that tiny one like real quick 100 percent. um of course a good steamer of course, a steamer. That's necessary. Always a steamer. I think a handheld steamer is probably like going to be one of your best friends because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, every now and then you will go into the job thinking that like at the production or somebody's going to pull up with a steamer. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of different things that are going on in production. So it might not end up there. So having a tiny handheld steamer you can just throw into your bag to just take with you to wherever you're going is always really, really nice. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to end up in a situation where maybe the place that you're working out of is a little bit too small to have this mm-hmm. gigantic ass steamer going. Maybe totally. you just need a tiny one. Or you know what? Maybe you're doing a, a video set and your giant steamer is a little bit too loud. You just need like your tiny little guy to like just go mm-hmm. and do some little touch-ups here and there. And it's not bad to like have an extra steamer. So mm-hmm. if you bring your steamer and there's an extra steamer, there you go. You got two people steaming right there and like you're prepared. I think in terms of building a kit, in terms of actually being on set, uh, uh, one of the biggest things is a stylist that you're working for will always take you more seriously and bring you on board more if you already come with your own equipment. Coming empty-handed... I think for, like, the first few jobs, like, yeah, maybe it's fine. Like, True. you know, you get to see the things. But I think, like, if you're if you're coming in, the basic things that I think you should always have are come with your own A-clamps, come with your own safety pins, um, come with pasties. Uh, you know, those are, like, I think the three baseline things totally that you should always have and quite frankly it's not as like intimidating as like these makeup artist kits like because they be bringing every shade imaginable so it's like the kit is something that's pretty easy to get your hands on of course these things cost money and of course you know you're going to invest more and more the more you're in this industry but you're investing in yourself exactly and i feel like of course, like when you're style assisting, usually you don't need a kit right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Usually you show up and they have their own kits. But there have been times where my stylist looks at me like, I don't have this. Do you have this? And it's like, yes, I actually do. I came prepared. I have this. Never been touched in the three months I've worked for you. But now here it is. I mean, there's some stylists I've worked with who just don't show up with a kit. Mm-hmm. Like actively just do not show up with a kit because in their minds, they're just like, okay, my sister's is going to have a kit. And I think True. that's definitely at like some like higher ish tiers and definitely when they like trust you a little bit more, but you never mm-hmm. know when you're going to be on that like celebrity set or like, God forbid you end up on a film set because your kit needs to be way bigger, yeah. way more tight. Definitely. Um, and then I think it's one of those things where it's like, you're going to learn about things that you need and about things that work for you because, you know, every person has a different way of pinning or doing this or that. So I think your kit also has to work around what your needs are. But I think at the beginning, you know, 
try a bunch of different products. Definitely. Try a bunch of different things. Find the A clamps that you really, really like mm-hmm. and keep on buying them from there. Um, Manhattan Wardrobe Supply for all of our New York listeners is a mm-hmm. great place to just go and see all the little bips and bops and things that you might need for your kit. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in your kit is a tax write-off. Just, you know, keep those receipts for the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I think like you having that little like bag of tricks is gonna get you so much further when it comes to working with bigger and bigger stylists. And it's kind of what you want. Cause it comes yeah. back to what we were saying before where, your stylist doesn't have to worry about you. Mm-hmm. And if you got like eight models on set mm-hmm. and it's just maybe you and your stylist, because that has happened. Totally. Um, you know, they can't spend that time pinning all the boys and girls. Like, totally. you know, m- you might need to be there to help with these four other models, getting them ready, getting them mm-hmm. judged and like making sure that everything looks good. Yeah. I feel like another good thing like that we were kind of mentioning earlier and I want to like tie into this is like, have that conversation with your stylist, you know, debrief a little bit and ask them what to expect if you can, you know, because you'll be in that Uber on the way there together or you're in the car and you have two minutes to just be like, hey, what is my priority from you? Because I feel like if they need you to start steaming right away, that's great. But if they need you to get down, put everything down and then literally go and grab something or go and do whatever, then like you just have to be prepared and it's nice to have that debrief. And then at that point too, it's like if you do go on and they're like, we have eight models, I'm going to need you to clip, I'm going to need you to pin. And then you can have all that ready right mm-hmm. there in hand's reach. It's right there. And I love that. I did have one question for you. What What's is up? one like piece in a kit that like no one talks about? Or like something that like is forgotten but necessary. One piece in the kit that nobody talks about. Because mm-hmm. mm. I could think about one. I think for me, I like to have a little sewing kit in my in my kit because sometimes there's just a tiny tear, or sometimes I want to like pin something up and I just don't have the right like safety pins, or it's too long or something. Honestly, for me, and say what you want, I still think this is like a really okay extra large safety pins. I mean mm. the big mama big safety pins Mm. because there have been situations where it's like i'll have all of these tiny ones right and Mm. maybe i need to just really snatch some fabric back Mm -hmm. right all my tiny baby ones aren't cutting it or i'm spending 15 minutes doing boop 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 you know Mm. really really like doing this very very precision work when all i really need is one gigantic safety pin to just kind of like snatch the whole thing from the back because maybe the shot Mm -hmm. is just from the front anyways uh, you can also get those at Manhattan Wardrobe Supply in gold yes. and silver. Or the dollar store. Or the dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, more like Michael's for the bigger ones. But um, another thing I think we didn't say is tape. Girl, I got like five different types of tape in my kit. Like, I got duct tape, masking tape, the packaging tape. Like, I have tape for the bottom of shoes. Like, I got tape for tape, days. Tape for days. And you know what? One of the biggest ones for me... I know, I know those, you see the photo assistants have it, like black gaff tape, and I know mm-hmm. it seems like something that you don't necessarily need. When that uh, garment bag inevitably rips, yes. because you're stuffing way too many things in it, and, and, it you will. Have to, and it will, and you have to send it back to whoever, being able to just slap some gaff, black gaff tape on the inside and then on the outside and just make a whole new patch, mm-hmm. it really is going to save the day it's funny though because like i remember one of the first times i showed up to a showroom and on the way there the bag ripped and i didn't have no tape so i go in and i'm so scared i'm like oh my god like what are they gonna do i'm like and so i go in i'm like i'm so sorry you can invoice me for it and they looked at me and they're like honey that was 25 cents <laughs> I was like, oh okay like Thank God, because it could have been a like a, a, a smaller designer who's like, no, I only have so many. I'm mm-hmm. going to need to invoice you. And I know they're not buying them in bulk. It's mm-hmm. not, no flying solo that costs 25 cents mm-hmm. a bag. So, but I remember that being a big thing. Obviously, you want to look as professional as possible. So, you know, come prepared. Make sure you are prepared. But if it does happen, these are real people that you're dealing with. Yes. And you know what? They understand. There's so much stuff that, quite frankly, is going to waste in this industry. Oh, It happens. Like, and so don't. It's not the end of the world. Don't freak out. If something, like if a bag rips, walk into the nearest store, ask them for a bag. Simple as that. Like, do not freak out because that freaking out is only going to make you go into all these places unnecessarily stressed out. And like, that's not a good way to look to anybody in this industry. Yeah. It's like, don't send yourself into shock over um, a small sort of like problem like that. Mm-hmm. That's a very like quick, easy fix. Mm-hmm. If you just kind of like know where to go. And I think that's like another thing too. No. 
Experience. Experience. Totally. Knowing where to go. It's all trial and error. Something I want to ask you about is, yes. you know, we've been talking about the stylist that you work for and, and you know, just that, that whole, like, brand of things. Um, so what do you think is, like, a good way of, like, you, so it's your first time working with a stylist, right? Okay. And you need to kind of get into, like, this leeway and you want to, like, you know, you want to figure out some things about this person that you're working for. Because mm-hmm. you don't know how many times you might end up working for them. Totally, totally. Um, I think right off the bat, I can take a, a recent example. Um, I got to do a shoot with Bumble with this um, stylist for the wall group. So it's like, you got connections. Mm-hmm. You love that. But obviously, I don't know her. I got the jo- the go- the job, the gig, the gig and job <laughs> from another stylist assistant who recommended me. And right off the bat, you know, I'm like, I get there before the stylist even gets there. So I'm already prepping. I'm already like, I'm going to make a good impression right off the bat. And I'm doing that. And she comes in. She's like, oh, my God, it's so nice to meet you. And just like we've been talking about the entire time, all I did was watch what she did right away Mm -hmm. and like see how comfortable she got, see if she's getting straight into the clothes, see if she's going to go talk to people. And if I have a question, hold it for an appropriate moment and then do it. Because once we get people dressed, that's the best time to connect with your stylist Mm -hmm. at that point. Point, they are so much less stressed they are ready for the rest of the day quite frankly it's not anything like there's nothing worse than asking a question that's so stupid or avoidable in the middle of all of the craziness like do not ask me something while we're getting dressed wait until afterwards well i think a big part of that too is uh so you have to understand and this is this is like it's very obvious but it's still a very real thing that happens Every stylist is like any person. They're all different mm-hmm. their needs are different totally. what they expect from you is different like i've been on gigs where like I haven't done much more than pack something up. And I've been on gigs where I've been doing like everything. Everything. And I think like you having that sort of rapport with the person that you're working with, which is not going to happen right away, right? You kind of have to get into a flow. There's some people that I can come on set with and just sort of know exactly what to do and Mm -hmm. know what their needs are going to be. Because, you know, certain stylists like taking different positions on set. Like some, I've worked with some stylists who just want to be on set. Whereas I've worked with other stylists who... They want to do the background. They want to, like, you know, dress uh, dress the girls and the boys, uh, get them ready to go. And then they want you to just be on set watching the shots. It's true. And I think that's a really big thing that doesn't get talked about very often. It's just, like, not every stylist is going to present you with the same types of problems. And not every stylist is going to present you with the same type of energy, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, some people are very warm, very inviting. Like, some stylists will straight up be like your mom. Mm-hmm. And then some Holy. stylists are just like, this is a job. Holy. And we need to get this job done. Mm-hmm. No, totally. I think that each stylist is really different. And like I said earlier, like there's a time and place to like be personable. But at the same time, you can always feel the vibe. If you see your stylist stressing out, ask them if they need help. If mm-hmm. you if you see them stressing out too much, just jump in and start mm-hmm. helping. Because like if they don't need you there, they'll tell you. Yeah. But if they did, you're an extra pair of hands right there. And I think that's really valuable. Um, I think another thing... It's just, you know, like when you are meeting a new stylist, remember that just as friendly as they may be and you may be, it is not there to just converse. You are not there to just talk. You are not there to distract. And you will have an opportunity to make your lasting impression. And quite frankly, like when I did do this Bumble shoot, I'd never worked with this stylist before, but having all that stuff prepped for her before she even walked in already connected us and was like, she's like, I know you can take care of it. And like, that's amazing because at that point, she's trusting me to be on set watching things by myself. She's trusting me to get people dressed by myself. She's trusting me all this stuff because I've already shown her that, hey, look, I know the basics. I got this right out the bat. Now it's up to what you need. And I feel like that's just me asking questions, me texting you if I do need something, and me just like kind of going with the flow and and seeing when is appropriate for me to actually take those personal times because there's there's going to be an opportunity, you know? There will always be an opportunity. And you know, one of the best pieces of advice I got from a really great stylist, stylist and friend, this is a results-based industry, mm. right? So when you're working with somebody, how can I can kind of explain that? When you're working with somebody, it really does come down to what the final result is. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you can't still get an A for effort. Yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, when you're asked to bring over like a scarf for something or a pair of gloves, mm-hmm. If you have multiple, bring over multiple. Seriously, don't make her run. Don't make you run back. Don't make her run back and forth. Um, because this really is the type of thing where it's like, sometimes a client wants a specific thing and you need to be able to get that specific thing. And if you can't get that specific thing, you might need to get a really good sub. And I think this just kind of goes back into this idea of, you know, 
your preparedness mm -hmm. and how well you work with your stylist because you know it's results based it's problem solving because also remembering like in your, if you're in that situation right and your stylist asks you i need i need a belt okay mm -hmm. so i'm gonna go over and i'm gonna get a belt in my head as a stylist assistant i'm already thinking this will look cute with this this will mm -hmm. look cute with it but it's not your job to make those decisions mm -hmm. like marcus said grab them all bring them all hold them all up put them around your waist mm -hmm. if you need to and show mm -hmm. them off because like the, she needs to see them. She needs to visualize, hey, look, this is going to be great. And I can actually see that and I can actually go from here. So thank you for that help. Yeah. But if you bring the one, they're going to be like, that's all you fucking brought me? Like, no, honey, I need to see all of the belts. I bought them all for a reason. You know, like I didn't just bring all these belts for no freaking reason. And I mean, that's kind of like the baseline expectation, right? It's sort of just like, it's also how you learn. Because mm -hmm. honestly, one of the best ways to learn is to just be open, receptive like that. Like, don't don't put yourself in the situation mm -hmm. as much as we would like to because it's like i said before i've done it like i've fully just been like this is the belt that we're gonna use and whoever i'm working for is just like um no i no. need to see all these belts on this fully. one person fully. before i make that decision well it kind of goes back into like what i mentioned in the first episode about how like styling really is like 40% prep, which is a lot of prep, really. Mm -hmm. Don't let that number fool you. And 60% on set. Like, hey, this is how your body type looks. This is how this drapes on your body. This is So, like, I'm bringing all these pieces so that I can try these on. Because at the end of the day, we don't always get fittings, you know? Sometimes no. we're jumping into things and you fittings. have to. I know. <laughs> and you have to jump in right then and there and just start playing with things. And it's an exciting part of the job, really, getting to, like, bring it to life right then and there. Um, but obviously, like I said... There's a reason we bring all this stuff. We want to see it all out. So having that all laid out as a style assistant, when you get there, unpacking all the bags, making sure it's all ready. And then if there's nothing for you to do, find something for you to do. There's always something to do on set. There is. There's always something for you to do. It's funny how many times where I've like been on set with assistants and like one assistant, for example, like sat there while there's all these shoes that need to be taped. I'm sorry, honey, like, you've taped shoes for me before. So you know what I'm expecting, mm -hmm. but you just sat there. I'm, I'm going to see you sitting there. I'm not going to think, oh, I want to hire her again, like, off the bat. So I think it's really important for you to pay attention, be organized and ready, and then always look busy, at least. Because if I need you, I'll call you. But that goes back hand in hand to kind of what we were talking about, about sort of, like, you know, knowing your stylist mm -hmm. and knowing what their needs are. Because, like, True. truth be told... Every stylist does have a different set of needs and like wants and like how, an and how they and an organization yeah. and how they work, mm -hmm. right? But then it's also on you kind of to create your own system within that that like kind of can basics. yeah that can work in concert with like what they need and what mm -hmm. they're doing. And I think that's like something that kind of can get like a little bit like lost and like muddied, but it's like one of those things that like, you know, as you work with somebody more and more and like, mm -hmm. believe you me, like if somebody works with you once and they like you, they will definitely pull you definitely in Definitely call you back. And I think another good thing to think about is like, just because something worked with one stylist does not mean that that is an excuse for you to not ask questions the next time. Even if it's the same stylist, you know what I mean? Because like what I expect from you today is not going to work for tomorrow and it's not mm -hmm. going to work for the next day. And so like, don't ever tell your stylist, this is how I did it at the last person. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you did it at the last person. I care how you're doing it right now, mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like that's a mistake I've seen in this industry is like people think that they know what they're doing. Don't yeah. ever assume you know what you're doing. You can have the basics and you can have, be prepared for anything, but you don't know how the game's going to work. Just never assume. Yeah. Don't ever assume. I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of asking every single question. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I will say when I... No stupid questions. No, no. But ask your don't, questions. Don't ask the ridiculous ones that mm -hmm. don't need to, you know, if, like like we said before, if you can Google it, Google it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if you have a question about something, it's way better for you to ask the question than to, to assume. assume, make the mistake, and have to clean up the mistake. Totally. I've been in that situation so many times where I've had, like, an assistant do something, and they think they know what they're doing, and then I get over there, and I'm like, why didn't you just ask me? I could have shown you how to do this, first of all, way faster, way easier, mm -hmm. and exactly the way I wanted it to, and now mm -hmm. you have to do it all over again. Or now, because we're so short on time, I have to do it all over yeah. again. And I don't want to have to do it all over again, honey. And time is, like, time is one of the biggest, like, things in this industry, I think. Like, you, time management. Yes, time, time management. management is like one of the biggest things I think as an assistant that you have to understand is like how to get all of these tasks done, mm -hmm. wrapped and everything. I mean, like you want to essentially you want to be unpacked, get all the looks you need to get out, have everything steamed, have everything mm -hmm. prepped, do the day and be wrapped 
by the time you actually need to be out there because there are going to be situations where people are like, so the hard out is 5 p.m. And yeah. by hard out, we mean you need to have your stuff packed walking up out and the door. gone, walking out the door. Fully. Because there might be someone ready to go in right after you. Mm-hmm. And I've been that person waiting for the people to leave. And I've also been that person where they're waiting in the hallway and we need to be out the freaking door. So no, I completely get that. It's... Being a style assistant is not easy. If that's what we've taught you today, it's true. It's not. It's it's you know. But it's very doable. It's very doable. But you mm-hmm. know, you really have to like want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing, biggest thing with being a being a style assistant is you have to see the value in it. Because I will say this much: if I didn't assist and see sort of like the value in being an assistant. I don't think that I would treat my assistants as well as I try. You know, I, I, I'd like to think that people who assist for me uh, at the end of the day are just like, I liked assisting for him. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, like nice. He, uh, he, he, he taught me some things totally. as well. Well, quite frankly, there's so many people that will not treat you well. Mm-hmm. And especially stylists too, especially if they're big stylists. Like I've worked jobs where they are just so rude to you or they do not care about anything that's going on in your life at all. And that's okay because we're all, like you said, it's a result based. We're all here to get the results. And I feel like you can't take that stuff personally. You can't take stuff You personally. really cannot take any of these kind of like turns or nods away from you as a personal attack on you, honey. You are there to help them and they will tell you how to do so accordingly. But I think it's really easy to be like, oh, like, isn't this why you hired me? Like for this like fresh perspective? No, honey, I hired you so that you can add to my team so that you can add to my name and my brand. And in doing so, I will not forget about you, you know, a hundred percent. And it's just like, it's, it's like I said before, it's how you learn. It's how you become like more receptive. It's how you figure out how you want to do this later on, like down the line when you want to become a stylist, when you feel like you're ready to like make that jump. It's a hard jump to make. Definitely. No, completely. And I feel like a lot of people can get kind of like moving on. I think people can get trapped into being a style assistant because I feel like they don't ask the right questions or they're not paying attention when it's necessary or they just, it seems overwhelming because you're not putting yourself out there. And in this, this industry, especially as an assistant for not even just stylists, but for every um, main uh, production person in any of these kind of like sets, Everyone wants you to be malleable. They want you to be like gold where, you know, you're valuable and you come in valuable, but I'm going to tweak a little bit of things. I'm going to push a little bit of this to see, first of all, what you're capable of, but also to see how well you can take it. You know what I mean? Because this industry isn't very nice to me. And I've had so many people, like I was saying, have been so rude to me and not appreciate that value. But at the end of the day, it's not about them appreciating my value. It's about me getting shit done for them so that their value goes up and I can kind of piggyback off of that in a sense. I think to go along with that too is uh, talking about the importance of like working with a lot of different people too. Because, you know, one of the biggest things that I learned is you learn a lot by seeing what somebody does that you would like to emulate. Mm -hmm. You learn even more by seeing what somebody does that you would never do on one of your own sets. Definitely. And that's going back to what you were saying earlier. I have learned a lot from the stylist I've worked for, but I've also learned things that I do not accept or things that I will not treat my style assistant as. I remember the girl, there was days where I would be on 35th and 9th street in the freezing cold at six in the morning, waiting for my stylist to come pick me up from the Jersey tunnel right there. And it is freezing. And I remember like when I finally moved up and I'm first assistant and I was driving the car from Jersey into the city with, and I'm picking up the assistants that I organized at this point, I'm telling them to meet me in places where it's still, it's still like on the way, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make you stand out in the freezing cold, in the snow, in the rain, like waiting for me to come. No, honey, I'm gonna go to the bodega right there. I'll meet you there. Like, there's no reason why I'm gonna treat my style assistant like dirt because I've been treated like dirt before and I've been treated mm-hmm. disrespectfully before. And so I take all that and I remember it. You know, obviously, this is a professional business and work, it needs to get done. But at the end of the day, I personally do never wanna treat someone like they don't exist or that their importance isn't necessary for this project you know because if it wasn't necessary you wouldn't be here so you're necessary and i want to treat you as such it's about also like i think a lot of it is about seeking out the types of people that you would like to you know like traits and things that that you would like to emulate at some point Mm -hmm. in your in your career like as a stylist you know like if you get on set with somebody and you really really vibe with them Mm -hmm. 
reach out every now and again. Definitely. That's another thing. Like, if you want to keep on getting hired, don't just sit there expecting somebody to call you. Because they might have forgot about you. Because they might have forgot about you. Let me tell you, that will happen at some point. At some Definitely. point in your assistant career, you will get, you will be bogged down with so much work, you won't know what to do with yourself. True. But, you know, I think in that beginning and even that middle point, like, if you and somebody really, like, hit it off, yeah, just even something as basic as, like, hey, how are, how are things going with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. You know, send those sorts of things. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I sent, like, Christmas emails to all the stylists I work mm-hmm. with this year. And it's, like, not me asking for them, to meet, or for them to hire me again. Just more keeping that relationship alive and being like, hey, I'm here. If you need anything, I'm still here. And I feel like that is so important, you know, like... I think relationships are the most important thing in this whole industry, and that is no different when it comes to stylist and stylist assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, that relationship is what's going to progress you. And that, and by being a likable person or just being a person that is around people that work well with you is so valuable. You know, especially in this industry, it's so easy to, like, show up on set and not have any relationships with any of the people there. But if you're cool with your stylist, you're going to have the best time. Like, honestly. You're going to have the best time. And, like, it's ultimately, you know... They're going to teach you all of the things that you're going to need to know when you decide that you want to be a stylist. And let me also say this. I know a lot of people think that once you make the jump to lead stylist, it is all kittens, rainbows, and roses. Girl, it's way harder. It is significantly harder. honestly, what ends up happening is you end up in this new tier of proving yourself as something else because you spent Definitely. all this time proving yourself as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Now you have to prove yourself as a lead. Yeah. So it's kind of this constant journey, this kind of constant leveling up. And you kind of have to, you know, we talked about humility a lot in the last podcast. And I, I think that that, I think that's a, that's kind of an idea that's going to come up in a lot of our podcasts. Totally. Um, stay humble, like stay humble and stay aware at every single level. Mm -hmm. Everything is a learning experience and so treat it as such. You know, you wouldn't show up to school in in school or in clothes that aren't allowed at school. Same thing Mm -hmm. with styling. You know, show up ready to just go, ready to have a great attitude, ready to get things done and and ready to leave your lasting impression because at the end of the day, you know, like I said, those relationships are important so your attitude is important and that is the biggest thing. I have seen so many assistants not get rehired because of the attitude that they showed up with on day one. Honey, you are not here to be your Emily in Paris. You are here to make dreams come true. And they may not be your dreams, but they will be. And I think that's so important. Yeah. But um, should we take our final break? And then we can talk a little bit more about stuff when we get back. Yeah, I'm down. Okay, cute. We'll be right back. And then we'll close out this fun little pod. And we are back. Yes, we are. So... I hope this was a very informative pod for you guys to understand kind of like the ins and outs of being an assistant and like what that really, really means. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause no one really puts a job description up. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, there's, there's no school for this really. Mm-mm. Like there's plenty of people who have like tried to teach it, but it really is kind of like an on the job type of thing. True, Cause there is school and there is programs. And I put those in quotations mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I personally think they're a waste of time. Like I think that you can get all of those resources and all that experience from just jumping right into it. And I think that's your best bet is like finding a stylist and just being like, Hey, I'd love to assist for you. I don't know anything, but I'm all yours. I mean, you do not have to go to school to become a stylist. I want to like preface that right now. Fully. Um, do not spend your money, sis. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, honestly, you would be better off putting yourself through like the school of hard knocks in a major city mm. and just finding somebody who's already doing that sort of thing and kind of like, if you want to go to school or you need to go to school, business, mm. management, accounting, take marketing, like take these things because you will use them in your industry and they will be more beneficial than what you spent four years going to get a degree for learning how to steam. Because truth be told, like taste isn't necessarily something that can be taught. It can be cultivated. Mm -hmm, Totally. It can be like, you know, it can be heightened and everything, but it's like, if you already have the taste level, you know. Honey, if you don't have your own style, you can just log off right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things where you kind of have to, you got to come on and you already have to kind of have that taste level like established and you built that. And as you work mm-hmm. with more people and you see more things, and you see more types of clothes, and you see more mm-hmm. types of ways to design, your taste level will go up. Because that's but, one thing I did like that I did learn in school was history of fashion. Mm-hmm. But that's something you can do by yourself and I encourage people to do by themselves because you can find all this information about where the white dress comes from, what's the significance of these colors, these patterns, these mm-hmm. silhouettes. Like even just going to museums is educational. I went to the Dior exhibit in Brooklyn 
oh my god like just seeing it up in my face like these pieces oh my god they were so inspiring and to see each creative director do their own thing like that's the fashion history i need you know i don't need to know where this pleat was existed or like introduced for the first time i think helpful i think that's also a great thing to do during your tenure as an assistant Mm. Go and see stuff. Definitely. Because when you become a lead stylist, you might not have that kind of time. You no. might just be in meetings on meetings on meetings mm-hmm. every other day when you're not on set or prepping mm-hmm. for a job. So, like, read you know, your magazines. read your magazines. Go get, to the museum. Get a little subscription here and there. Yes, because it's, it keeps it exciting, too. It keeps it exciting. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like just bouncing off of that, I feel like it's really important realizing that being a style assistant is not for everyone, like mm-hmm. we talked about. Also realizing that you're going to go in every single day. It could be six in the morning or it could be all the way until one in the morning. And you have to have the best attitude possible. Well, and understanding that like how well you do on any given job does not necessarily define you as a person. I know so many people who get so bogged down by like, you know, maybe making a mistake or something like that. And they get really, really upset. And also not getting too cocky when you do an amazing job, you know, yes. just understanding that going into humble, humble and like, you know, understanding that going into any and every job is going to be a different experience and you need to be prepared for whatever that experience might bring. Mm-hmm. It really is a mindset, people. It really is just reminding yourself what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because if you don't know why you're doing it, you're never going to enjoy it. And if it's becoming repetitive, then it's time to take to the next level, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like. Not everybody can be a stylist. A lot of people can be a style assistant. But even then, like, it's all, it's all mindset. And it's all how you decide to show up every single day. Because it doesn't matter if I'm having the worst day in my personal life. I'm going to show up on set ready to rumble. You know? I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's like, you know, it'll happen to you as an assistant. It'll happen to you as a stylist. Like, there'll be some major life crisis and you have to go to this job. And mm-hmm. you got to turn it out. Totally. And pay, that's a whole nother topic, and we'll talk about that another day. But I would say when you're starting off, you know, remember that you only have so much to offer. Remember that it is a learning experience and you should treat it as such, and it will be worth your while. I really believe that. 100%. No, but this has been amazing. I'm so glad so we fun. can hop on and talk with you guys. We love talking. Like, love talking. The Gemini. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you guys so much for listening. We're so grateful to have the miseducation of styling. And we're so excited to keep coming back to y'all. She's here. She's here and she's queer, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye.